All right, this is episode 70 of Rona Geek Official Podcast. This is Alex Austin in the room with me today. We have... Just Rob. Just Rob. <laughs> and there is no plebeian or nor plebeian night Adam in the room today. You know, I was going to say, we, we maybe not the best wording for this phrase, but we got over the episode 69 hump. Yeah. <laughs> We are over the episode 69 yeah. hump, and we are back into our regular groove, I guess. And, um, oh, man. There's better words for that. Adam will, be, Adam will be like plebeian pirate Adam by the time he gets back, is my understanding. Yes. He is currently on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean, I'm guessing? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, whatever. Well, earlier when you told me he wouldn't be coming to him, I'm like, where is he? You're like, he's he's on a cruise, and I'm like... Okay. <laughs> like, anyone, I literally if, forgot all about it. In the random chance that somebody who's listening to this uh, is also on a cruise, look for the tall guy who's really fucking loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is loud. He is loud, yeah. yeah. His his settings on the uh, on the mixer can attest to that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Keep turned down, gain turned, eh, meet at middle. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, that would be entertaining if somebody actually saw him and said something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that would blow his mind. (laughs) We have fans somewhere. We have fans somewhere. We're gonna find them. Oh, we Uh, we have people who at least know who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true. That's true. So uh, still making a name for ourselves here today on the docket. (laughs) We say more or less today in the docket. We have Mandalorian episode four. We're gonna talk about. Uh, We're also coming up to the end of the year here. We're feeling festive, and uh, and therefore we got a special topic we'll cover today. A feature item uh, discussing the top. I don't know, thirteen or fourteen or fifteen. Uh, events of the year in the gaming world, and then uh, kind of cover off some of the big news beats that we talked about on the previous episodes as well. So yeah. uh, it's going to be fun to kind of take a trip down 2019 memory lane. Next week, we will likely be covering our game of the year because pretty much all the big games are out at this point. I don't think there's anything else coming up here. Uh, so I'm we trying will... to think. Is there anything? There's not. Eh? Not really for this year. No, nothing else. I think Pokemon was the last... Last Hurrah. Hurrah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, we want to save movie of the year until after we see Star Wars, just to be fair. Uh, because now that it's back in someone else's hands, it could make our top. So we'll see if uh, that actually comes to pass. So, however, it now in light of the Mandalorian, I think my hopes for Episode Nine have sunk to the the ultimate lowest they've ever been. Because I'm like, they can't make it this good. Like, I, I just don't think that they'll be able to. Yeah, so. uh, I'll, I'll save it for when we're talking about the Mandalorian. Because I've actually got some some new opinions that I've kind of formed over time. Yeah, about the Mandalorian uh, that I think will be very entertaining to talk about. Okay, cool, cool. Looking forward to like, that. Not not necessarily negative, just new thoughts. Yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically it. that's all in the docket today. So I guess we'll go ahead and kick it off here. Uh, it's in the classic style with just myself and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> classic episode. So uh, do you want to kick it off with Mando? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll kick it off with Mando. So Mandalorian Episode 4, Sanctuary. So this show is still blowing up. The memes, the Baby Yoda memes are raging online right now. Oh, yeah. He is he has made his way into every other meme available. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's it crazy. So he's everywhere. It's all pervasive. Baby Yoda fever is at an all-time pitch. It is wild right now out here yeah. with, with Baby Yoda fever. Oh, they're gonna be selling so many like small dolls yeah. of Baby Yoda yeah, yeah. for Christmas. Are you kidding me? It's gonna be nuts. You know that there was like twenty Chinese, like massive Chinese factories all retooled <laughs> to for, pump for out Pumpa Baby Yoda Yoda's. merchandise <laughs> as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seriously though, like think about that. Yeah, yeah. If anyone like anyone who's been even kind of somewhat enjoying the Mandalorian, yeah. you go, Hey, you wanna buy this baby Yoda life size doll? 
almost everybody's gonna see I've it, already yeah. been seeing ads for them too, so there are ones out there. I, I haven't. But... I doubt their official content because I'm seeing them on very questionable ads on social media, <laughs> like Etsy so and stuff. Not even Etsy, dude. Like, uh, like freaking, like, <laughs> uh, like what is it? Wish the one that's Wish. like a big scam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually bought stuff from Wish. Don't do it again. Oh, really? Why? Don't do it again. So they're very, very, very unsecure, and a lot of the ads they show on Facebook yeah. are just phishing scams with Wish. Oh, no, no. I use their app. I oh, use they app. have an app? Yeah, they do. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's probably safer. Yeah. Well, so. I don't know how much safer it is, but either way, like I... um. Yeah, I didn't buy anything substantial there anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They they show me some very questionable items on it's, Facebook. It's weird because uh, I've actually gotten a couple of items from Wish that were actually shockingly good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I bought a couple of mice for my computer. Oh, no kidding. And those were really, really good, except for one which the, like, you know, the backward and forward side buttons mm-hmm. for, like, page browsing. Yeah. Were backward. Weird. <laughs> But Very other weird. than other than that though, I haven't had any problems with them uh, there for that. I got a sweater through them once, which ended up being shit quality, which I was not surprised. Of course, but it was like five bucks or something. Yeah. So I was like, for the what I paid, it was still a good sweater. Yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, some just like some uh, art and merch stuff, yeah. and that all panned out to be fine. Based on the ads that Wish shows me on Facebook, it is my one-stop shop for shirts with the nipples cut out. Yeah, uh, yoga pants that unzip front, like unzip the crotch. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also uh, cat sleeping masks, and also random gel that apparently you're supposed to use to clean your car or something like that. I couldn't figure out what exactly it was for from the pictures, <laughs> but uh, it looked questionable nonetheless. With the consistency of Jello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> It's like, dude, okay, one thing that you probably should never purchase is random gel that comes from China. Chances are it's completely filled with lead and mercury. Just don't do it. There is no standard yeah, over and, there for what they can include in that shit. And transmits your conversation somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Huawei. No, I'm just kidding. I love Huawei. They're fine. Well, I mean, um, like, we, like, anyone who bitches about Huawei... Uh, transmitting their conversations it's like you own an iPhone or yes. an Android device. Yes, thank you. Like thank you're you. you're an idiot if you think that it's not the same thing. It's, and it's proven. It's like, funny it's, how people don't think all phones are made in China. Guess yeah. what? All the phones are made in China. All <laughs> yeah. of your phones could have listening chip devices inserted in them or software or firmware that no, listens to you. Yeah, but they do though. Like well, yeah, we, they we do. already we already know that they do. You sure? We know that all phones do that. Yeah, yeah. Because if you talk about shit around your iPhone, all of a sudden you start getting ads and shit tailored to what you were just talking about. Right. So if we start talking about, boy, I really, really want the new Kia Sorento. And I cannot <laughs> wait to purchase the newest 2020 Kia Sorento. Yeah. And then the ads start popping up in our phone for the Kia Sorento. That would be pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> Watch. Not even an well, hour No, later. I'm going to test it. We're going to test it before this is done. It does. So we'll, we'll, we'll mention the Kia Sorento again. Yeah, so, a couple yeah, yeah. more times at least. Right, right, right. So Kia is a mean... very popular car. <laughs> yeah. So I've heard the safety ratings are four-star ratings. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait to see this pop up in my Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. So, well. Yeah, good times, good times. So we'll get started on Mando. Uh, actually, I'd like to lead it off. There was a funny catch from an eagle-eyed fan uh, who goes by Hulk Ulysses on YouTube. So he gets all the credit for this. Uh, a boom mic can actually be seen during the conversation between Mando and Omera in the hut after they enter the village. So it's not as quite, you know, not quite as prolific as the Game of Thrones coffee cup scene yeah. with the Starbucks cup. But you can actually see the, the boom mic move slightly in a few seconds. It's in the shot, but it's literally only in there for like five or seven seconds like it's not much it's, it's not much. I, I haven't even noticed yet i've seen the episode twice you now. i you i wouldn't have noticed it without an article telling me it was there 
So somebody is really going frame what, by frame yeah. through this. I mean, and, whatever. Uh, somebody spotted it uh, by just happen. They just happen to be like not maybe paying attention at the conversation focus point, and they just happen to see the boom mic. Yeah. But I mean, like, it, hey, it happens. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Not a big deal. So, and then at least it's something that is supposed to be on set versus a coffee cup, yeah. which should not be on the set. That's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, editing team kind of <laughs> slipped up there. It's but... very dark up there, though. So, yeah. I suspect maybe someone did notice it and they just sort of discreetly tried to shade over it a well, little bit. They could have masked it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they could have masked it with an item, but yeah, yeah. That's well, or, or I mean, just like, yeah, there's a way to edit it out, but it's not yeah, important. Yeah. It, it probably like the time it would take them to do it would was not justifiable. They could have like mounted like a like a wiki head on that beam. They probably could have just sliced the top frame of the frame. To be yeah, honest. they could have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because they, they already do. They that probably have enough. They probably have enough uh, wiggle room with the actual sure. like shot. So sure, maybe it was supposed to be there. There's microphones in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, they just follow you around. Yeah, like why not? Actually, there are, but like yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> not 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 in that case though. It was probably just a droid. It was probably just a boom mic droid. A boom droid. Yeah. <laughs> boom droids are all over the place in Sanctuary. So uh, that <laughs> yeah, was just... say it's the one kind of scene where it's not really justifiable. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So um, so to lead it off, I guess I'm very pleased uh, with episode four and the time that they took. In the course of the episode for world building and character development. So it's been a while since I've seen a TV show that had shots of things in the scene that aren't directly related to some major plot reveal later on in the episode. So, for instance, like uh, it starts off with the shot of the people scooping up the krill. It's yeah, just sort of a very awesome. slice of life sort of thing happening in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it was like... It was cool to look at. Like, yeah. Visually, I just thought it was cool. Yeah, I was captivated from the get I'm like, what is this? This is interesting. So I've never I mean, seen the creepy this creepiest shit, but yeah, I yeah. shrimp yeah. effectively. And then uh, the shots of like the children playing and just sort of, you know, enjoying the day, like the kid chasing the frog as an example. Um, so um, I guess the exchanges <laughs> between Baby Yoda and Mando, some of those are just for effect, right? Some of those are just for fun. And uh, it's fun seeing that relationship develop. Actually, uh, one thing I will say I enjoyed immensely, and I think pretty much anyone who I've uh, seen the episode with uh, would attest to this, <laughs> uh, Baby Yoda being a shithead in the beginning of the episode, yes. where he's like, don't touch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> reaches over, does it again. It's like, oh, man. And he looks at him like Every, dead yeah. in the eye as he does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what, what's going to happen? He's like, what are you going to fucking do about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's so cool because that's that's how a child yeah. tests and learns about their surroundings and their environment. It was cool. So yeah. and it's it's just funny to see that even though this creature is fifty years old supposedly, that uh, that it still acts like a child. And it's fun to kind of see that development taking place and its yeah. learning taking place. And uh, and certainly uh, so it's it's fun once you have a very stoic character like the Mandalorian in there as well. So it's yeah. a good mix. Good mix. Yeah, that's the one thing I do like about the ba- the baby Yoda um, or the child, if you will, is that it's clearly has some knowledge that yeah it, it, it's able to hold on to and <laughs> uses but a lot of things are still very new to it yeah yeah despite being around for 50 years i gotta just assume that you know like most young things its memory was not very coherent until relatively recently yeah yeah, yeah. but i mean for a child the way that it acts and whatnot uh it does a, yeah. a lot of stuff that is like okay well that's obviously yeah it seems like it's smart. an equivalent of maybe like 
a human like four or five year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe maybe a four year old. So and then because uh, his speech seems to still be kind of developing, he's kind of coops right. and grunts and stuff like that. But it was cute when when they're exiting the ship and Mando had just told him to stay put. He's like, "You stay here. I'm going to find food and lodging." And then and then the ramp comes down and it reveals the baby Yoda standing right next to him. It was so cute. So he's just like, "Okay, whatever. Come on." <laughs> like it was so funny. But uh, yeah. but I I really like the slice of life stuff and. Uh, and it was just cool, man. They just took their time. They just really took their time with it. And I really appreciated that about this episode. Uh, because the last couple have been so just, you know, balls to the wall with what's going to happen to Baby Yoda. And then uh, this one, they were able to pull back a little bit and kind of yeah, let us totally enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> so, which to me is Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like this this felt like still like more like Star Wars than anything I've seen since Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah, I mean, it was very reminiscent of kind of like uh, Tatooine with like the moisture farmers, stuff like that. I mean, right. But despite them being farmers, whatever, but it's just like that. Despite them lower... being, you know, burned alive by the Imperials. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that lower tier um, existence in this like crazy epic world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I like that a lot of times in the Star Wars universe, characters like these that they show uh, end up becoming sort of you know, victimized to some extent. And I was glad to see that in this one, like the, like the ultimately, you know, spoilers here, we'll get into spoilers, but, but good prevails. Right. And there's, uh, mm-hmm. th- there's just a lot of interesting twists along the way. So next observation, um, Omera and Winta. So Omera was the, the, the woman Mother, that the Mando yeah. seemed to quite like. And, uh, Winta is the girl. Um, they, these were great characters and, uh, they really humanized the episode to a great extent with their inclusion. Uh, it was just, it was nice to see people that, you know, these aren't, well, Omera, I guess had some history, yeah, they kind of kind of leaked through a little bit throughout the episode. Yeah, yeah, because she's like she's a crack shot. She knows what she's doing on the on the battlefield. She seems very adept. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. Did they reveal exactly where she came from? I can't remember. No, they don't. I mean, I have to guess that she was either a child during the Clone Wars and maybe had mm. some experience there. Um, who knows what that would be like? Yeah. Or uh, maybe she was a rebel. So and it, yeah, could have been could have been in the rebellion or the Re- rebellion versus the empire. Um, so there there is a character here who does have definitely have a history with the rebellion. We'll get to that shortly. Yes. So uh, Winta was shown actually to quickly build a really great relationship with Baby Yoda, and it seemed very nuanced to me. Uh, as a, as a dad myself, I actually see our nieces and nephews and the way they kind of naturally interact with with my daughter, mm-hmm. um, and and these kids' actions toward Baby Yoda. Uh, and his inclusion all struck me as just very true to life. Yep. So just seeing the way the way that they interact with him and kind of include him, and you know they're dancing around and kind of running, and Baby Yoda is sort of watching them play and sort of you know uh, taking it all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that is it looked exactly like my older nieces and nephews, uh, sort of including my baby girl. So she's 13 months in mm-hmm. uh, in uh, in the activities. It was really cool. It just seemed very just real to me. I'm like, okay, this this is this is how it looks. This is what it is, right? Yeah. And uh, and, I, and I think that. Whoever whoever put that particular scene together, presumably Bryce Dallas Howard, has an idea of what that looks like because she she directed this episode. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was my second observation. Nice. AKA Cara Dune finally makes an appearance. Yes. So I think she's in what three episodes, three or four episodes in the whole season. Yeah. So presumably she's going to make a pretty quick comeback here. If not the next episode, then at least the final two uh, out of eight. Yeah. So, and then, or I guess the final three, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So she could potentially be in 
maybe the final three if she's not in the next episode. Yeah. Um, cool character. So she's an ex-Rebellion shock trooper. Uh, they never really reveal how these two know each other, though, because they have a quite a battle when they first run into well, each other. Well, I don't think they, they don't actually know each other, right? They just kind of figure out who each other are. Um, I don't think that, that there's any actual history there at all. Okay. Just the fact that, um, I mean, fighting against the Empire and then some, I would assume quite a few Mandalorians also joined various aspects of the Rebellion. I mean, like, we see it in um, Star Wars Rebels with Sabine Wren. That's right. Uh, is right. part of uh, Phoenix Squadron. That's Wren with a W. Yeah. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> And obviously, there's a lot more there. I don't want to talk too much because I don't want to spoil Rebels for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Which, I know that seems silly. It's been out for a long time. But, I mean, with Disney+, Plus, people are now finally getting around to seeing it. Yeah. So, um, you know, a little air of caution, effectively. Um, if you haven't seen it, if you like Star Wars, go watch it. It's really, really good. First season's a little more kiddish, which is not a big or terrible thing. It gets very dark, but it's yeah. It's it also it's also short episodes too, so you can get through a season probably pretty quick, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Season two takes a dip down a darker path. Three takes a dive. Uh, nice. Not in a not in a quality or bad, like dive in like morality. Oh, um, interesting. And then uh, and then four kind of just like brings it all together. Okay. Cool. So it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, and then. Um... Yeah, so given given Carano's MMA background, she clearly fulfilled the physical aspects of her role. I think pretty flawlessly. She looked she looked good when she was fighting. Like yeah, she, she knew what she was doing. Um, yeah. So the one thing I noted with her is like I wasn't super wowed by her acting, but I don't think that it was necessary for her to be spot on like the next phenomenal right. actress. But she did fulfill the role of the character yes. excellently. Yes, which I'm fine with. You you can you can kind of slack in a, in one department, which I don't think that was an intention or anything like that. But I mean, she's not necessarily a professional actress, mm. but she brought her A game for every other aspect of the character. Yep, and that made it very believable. Yeah, yeah. So she did a really I was a hundred percent okay with that, and I like that they actually utilized her background. Yes, for the scene where we effectively kind of meet her, right? Ultimately, yeah, yeah. Which was which was nice because that's always like such a why would you ever have somebody like that if you're not going to utilize their skill sets? That's right. And and she did a fantastic job. That fight looked punchy, like in Dude. a way that was like impactful. She fucking wrecked Mando with that with that downward punch. Just dropped yeah. him. It was the so one thing where sweet. he like bounced off the fucking ground. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I have to assume that it wasn't uh, Pascal <laughs> it in the was armor. Not Pedro Pascal in the armor. Yeah, it must have one. been somebody else. <laughs> but I mean, and that's the great thing about the Mandalorian as a show. Like they can easily sub him out when they need somebody oh, yeah. with a, the, a particular skill set. Oh yeah, which is from a filmmaking perspective, fantastic. Oh my god, it must make it <laughs> so easy. It must. I'm sure that's a production design decision too for making the Mandalorian. We're, we're obviously and they're sticking very close to the Mandalorian mantra of never remove the helmet for yes. in the presence of others, right? And uh, certainly this helps with production, which uh, kind of entertaining because this is canon Star Wars, obviously. Yep. Where the Mandalorian's not allowed to take his helmet off, but also within canon, we have characters like harkening back to Rebels, Sabine Wren, yeah, who takes her helmet off on a lot of occasions. Yeah. I guess, don't spoil it for me, but I, I don't know if she's actually Mandalorian or she not. She is. She is, okay. Yeah, and that's okay. not a spoiler. Like, very clear... They're up front and center about that? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. 
Oh, she's wearing like full on Mandalorian. So presumably, armor. she's already left the tribe if she's taking her helmet off in the presence uh, of others. Or it's complicated. No, it's not that complicated. But like we also see a lot of other Mandalorians, and this is true even for the Clone Wars series and for Rebels. There are a lot of other Mandalorians who are Mandalorians, and their helmet comes off around other people, and it's not a problem. Hmm. So I've got to assume that one of two things happened here. One, somebody fucked up, hmm. which, okay, fine, whatever. Two, and I think this is probably what they're going to go with, is that his tribe or clan of Mandalorians has a very rigid rule set. Yeah, for there their could be helmet. a spectrum of tribes because well, there is. Yeah, no, the, the Mandalorian one hundred percent is. So certainly, there's some. Yes. There are going to be different aspects of them. right, and yeah. some of them are more fanatics, like yep. fanatical. Yep. and other ones are are a little more radical. Yeah, so you're going to see a lot of differences. I've got to assume that that's the route they're going to go. Like they're makes sense. They're covert. The whole this is the way. That is all new stuff. Um, and the fact that this is taking place after the Empire, I mean, Mandalorians are around, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the, there's been a few inconsistencies there because what we know from Rebels and what we're seeing in The Mandalorian, uh, there are some inconsistencies there. Not ones that are like breaking lore, but ones that are certainly skirting that line. So I think that somebody needs to come in and be like, okay, here's... Here's the explanation. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Disney has gone through and pulled up all of the old Legends lore. Yep. And they've lear- they're laying down their new stuff. They are not very deep in this. And if we're already getting inconsistencies, that is concerning. Yeah. I mean, I assume that they're just going to turn it into its nuance. And there's actually, like, variation depending on I, I, you know, which I, group you see. I hope yeah. that that's the way they go. Because if they don't go that way, they are... Fucking up something really easy, yeah. really early on. Well, also once this once this season of the Mandalorians is said and done, if pre- yeah. presumably the Mandalorian survives by the end of it, which we don't know if he does or not, we, I'm right. guessing there will be a book that they commission about this because they pretty much now commission a new book for virtually like every movement within the Star Wars universe yeah. or multiple books in the case of Thrawn, right? So yeah. uh, they got three going for him right now. So th- there's there's a lot of different areas they could take this. Uh, for Cara Dune, I actually like that she sort of talked about her being a part of the cleanup crew. Uh, she said on Endor, presumably she meant on the moon of Endor. Uh, and then uh, the new, as, as the New Republic hunted down Imperial remnants after the Battle of Endor, I thought that yeah, was she, a cool little cool little blurb. Well, she talks about how she was there to take on certain uh, Imperial warlords that showed up. So we right. know now that the when the Empire kind of shattered that, I mean, we knew this to a lesser extent from some of the other books, that there are, well, I shouldn't say lesser extent, but there are a lot of Imperial warlords that cropped up afterward. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be neat to kind of see that because we have, um, oh, shoot, can't remember the guy's name from Breaking Bad. Why? His character's name is Gus Fring, uh, Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, still, he's still coming up. And I was always assuming he's a moth. Apparently it's been uh, confirmed he is a oh, moth. Oh, he's dressed straight up like a moth yeah. in, in, in the image that I've seen of him on set. So. Yeah, so um, I'm excited to see if he is one of those warlords. It's so cool. I can't wait for that. But I apparently he's only in one episode. I mean, that doesn't mean we're not going to see a lot more of him later on in the series. Right. And I mean, I think that's the case for a lot of these other characters because, I mean, it's so weird. We we know that IG-88 does not come back in the season. Or sorry, IG-11 does not come back in the season. Right. But he's one of the cover characters. Yeah. 
on like kind of like the main splash art of the show. Sure. That seems odd to me. I think it was just that that was when they were really plugging episode one really, really hard. And it just made sense to have him on there as a character just to draw in audience. So I, I and honestly, we could still see him in the very end. You know what I mean? Maybe they show him being repaired or otherwise stepping in in the, in the oh, very last maybe scene not being acted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it'll, it'll be neat to see. I hope we do see more of him. Uh, I can't think of a single person who goes, I don't want to see him come back. I think everyone oh, was such a great character. Everyone was sold immediately on IG Eleven. It was such a great character. And the fact that they haven't had him around, I think, is I would say it's a disservice, but I like what they're kind of doing. They're playing the long game for the mm-hmm. story. So I'm excited to see how things kind of progress into season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't think there's any question we're gonna get a season two of uh, Mandalorian. we're absolutely getting a season two. I think that yeah. they've pretty much confirmed three now. Yeah, right? the, the only thing we don't know is that it's like if it's in production yet or not. So presumably they're going to wait to see kind of what the, what the reactions are to how this one ends and if they need to, you know, maybe reorient the direction as they write the next season. Right. So actually that's one thing I want to talk about. Um, and I was saying to you earlier, I was like, oh, I have an interesting bit about this. Hmm. The one thing about the Mandalorian show so far is the the show, like quality-wise, I'm not arguing that. Phenomenal, like visual fidelity. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, it feels very immersive in yeah. the Star Wars universe. Um, I am like the first person up there to say, yep, yeah, like this feels like Star Wars. Hell to yeah, me. man. Like seeing all of the random races in the background and stuff like that. Fantastic. Yeah. Super fucking excited about all the stuff in The Mandalorian. There's only one issue I actually have with the show right now. Yeah. And that is an issue. That harkens back to a previous generation of television. And that is that there does not feel like there is a high stakes in the show. Because with well, they're, Baby they're, Yoda. They did through like episode three. It, it did through episode three. And then I can see what you're saying I'm for not this saying, episode. I'm though. not saying plot stakes though. I'm talking about like it feels that like the Mandalorian. And like Baby Yoda are in full plate Beskar plot armor. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And 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 that's fine. And I and I realize that no one's gonna want to see Baby Yoda get disintegrated. Right. I get that. Right. Because at this point, the world would fucking erupt in flames. Yeah. But, maybe, but maybe his fate isn't so rosy, right? Maybe the Imperials do get a hold of him in the very end, and, and, and then that's the moment where the plot armor has to come off. Yeah. And I'm just I'm I'm hoping that as the show progresses. That, and as we kind of build in new characters into the into the narrative, that that armor does not apply to as many people as people might think that there is. Yeah, I, I would. I do want to see the show take some risk because if it doesn't take any risk, then I mean, it, all it is is just a yeah safe Star Wars story. It's which, tough to say that it's tough to say because you look at other shows that have taken a lot of risk recently and Game of Thrones is the most immediate that comes to mind or Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. The thing is with those is they have a massive ensemble cast. Massive yes. cast, and they, right? And they, and so they it's can easier, kill characters. Right, it's easier to justify killing certain characters because they got a lot of other characters that divert screen time to that could be tough to do in this season of The Mandalorian. You know, you could see someone make like a sacrifice at some point in the future that does get them killed, but, uh, you know, that would be more likely... You know, like Cara Dune is an example. Right. You know and, what I and mean? And I think that that if anyone's going to get lined up to get the axe, it's going to be her, which is sure. unfortunate because I actually like the sure. character a lot yeah, so yeah. far. Um, but they could come up with another version that we like just as much next fair. season. Yeah, right? and, that, and that's yeah. fair. But, I mean, the thing is that I'm just, I'm a little bit concerned. I don't foresee any plot armor being dropped for season one. Mm. 
I'm just hoping that as we move into season two, that there are some moments that are actually like, okay, shit, we could lose people. Yeah. Because otherwise, at the end of the day, um, it's not that I like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I gotta have character death. Yeah, yeah. That's not the case at all. But if there's no potential for risk, yeah, then there's that knowledge in the back of my mind that it's like a wheel spinning going, yeah, everyone's fine though. At the end, yeah, of, at yeah. the end of the day, it, it, it could be distracting, because right? Of that, yeah. and, and, and that and that does pull me out a bit. I think I think they'll play with it a little bit in the next few episodes because we are going to get into the back half of the season now. So uh, everybody's pretty well roped in at this point who's watching it, and, yeah. and I think that they're going to get a little bit more a uh, little bit more edgy as time goes on, especially for running into characters like a moth. Uh, who have a lot of firepower to back them up. Right. So certainly more than the Mando can handle on his own. And, and, you know, there's one thing, too, to remember, too, with Star Wars, is that, like, even, I mean, characters getting, like, physically maimed and stuff like that doesn't sound like super thing to get excited about, but, like, cybernetics are a thing in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, there is, like, they're, like, we want to get those emotional moments. Right, they cut off Luke Skywalker's hand two movies in. (laughs) Right, (laughs) You know exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there's... Got to be these um, moments where there's risk involved. And yeah, if there's yeah. no risk involved, that's not good. Yeah, there will be. There will be. I'm, I, I'm confident. And I'm, yeah. You know, like I'm not. I'm not saying everyone get up in arms right now. Yeah. Because you know, it's season one. It's uh, this is clearly Disney in in backed into a corner, going, yeah. "Okay, here's our best content. Please don't kill us." Well, I, I like the grief carga element. So because at the yeah. end of episode three, it shows him surviving because he had the best car in his jacket, which is fine. And yeah. uh, I think he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's gonna mess up Mando when he finds him. See, I think he's gonna come in hard. I don't think so because I think he knows that the man that the Mandalorian shot him where the best car plates were. I think he knows that. I don't think he's an idiot. Interesting. I didn't think of that. Oh yeah, that was one hundred percent. Like the Mandalorian has never fucked up a shot that bad, and he knew where grief cargo. Yeah, he saw the best plates. He knew where they were, so he and he shot there. Hmm. Because hmm. Like remember the Mandalorian. My mind is being blown right now. (laughs) Well, he well he's not a bad guy. No, he's not. You're right. He does fight with honor. Yeah, Yeah. and and he knows that Karga's got to come after him at that point. Sure. So when he does that, he spares him. Yeah. Because, I mean, even after he shoots him, you're like, oh, well, maybe not. He had to drag him off his ship. He knew that he didn't kill the guy. That's right. This Like, he is, the Mandalorian's not a fucking moron. I guess he would prefer <laughs> to know who's coming after him versus maybe, you know, Grief Karga's boss I, or something. I think it's just like, you know, it, it's business at that point, And he can understand that it's business. So he is just making sure that he is not making more enemies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he does. <laughs> we well, need no, yeah, two. he'll he'll have um, enemies a plenty. Dude, I mean, we're gonna have the Empire playing a pretty significant role in the story. Yeah, man. What did you think about the ATST scene? <laughs> uh, I liked I liked Star Wars Mulan. It was good. Yeah, Star, uh, that, I mean, <laughs> Star Wars Mulan. Like that's everything, good. That's good. everything with, moving up to that with Omira. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, no, no. I'm not saying even just like the individual character being Mulan. I'm saying like the whole like. Everyone like the training montage and stuff oh, like that. Oh right, right, right. Preparing for oh, this no, it, invasion it's very, of raiders. Yeah, they've done it so many times. They've even done it in westerns and stuff. You no, know no, what I mean? yeah, yeah, of course. And and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting it down or anything like that. It was just kind of more of a fun jab uh, because Disney is fun to make jabs yeah. at. But no, the ATSD. Uh, wow. Uh, one thing I'll say, they made it look menacing, dude. It was sweet. That's actually the word I used when in my notes. So uh, honestly, like it was a flawless execution of it. And actually, I thought. 
because it made a lot of loud sort of otherworldly noises and the bright yeah. light. It almost looked like uh, like Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds yes, uh, with the machines in that because yeah. I, I love that movie just for the action sequences <laughs> with, with the alien machines. That, that is something I do not hear very often. I loved a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, I love War of the Worlds. It that, was so good. Uh, the only Tom Cruise movie I really liked was... Uh, uh, was it the day after? Day after no, t- Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. That's uh, is that it? Is that the one where he's like he's like fighting his clone or someone's clone or he's a clone? Or... No, no, it's just everyone. He he, it's like Groundhog Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's the right. I'm sorry. I know Groundhog Day. I'm talking about like I'm trying to remember what the name of the movie is. I think it's Edge of Tomorrow. I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, no, are you thinking of Minority Report? No, Minority no. Report was good. Okay, fair. Minority yeah. Report was pretty good. Was Dystopian, pretty good. cyberpunky yeah, kind yeah. of future. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'll, good I'll, take, I'll take that. So, um, yeah, and it, kind of in the same way that this ATST is very, very menacing. Uh, they already have a plan to take it down, and they execute the plan pretty well. Uh, great action sequence. So, again, uh, getting yes. invaded by what I don't, I don't know what, what race they were offhand. What were those guys? Platoonians. Oh, they were, oh okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and then um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even realize. And uh, so they invade the village, and uh, good battle. So they've they've trained and I don't know the villagers seem to be you know kicking some ass and yeah. not taking names and anyway it was pretty good they, yeah, cl- they defeat the ATST. Klaatuinians are uh, uh, predominantly known as uh, kind of being like underlings of the huts. Uh, they're like a, makes sense. They're like a person if you merge them with like a bulldog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is effectively what they are. That's exactly what they look like. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's one in. Uh, Oh, there's a couple in Jabba's palace, I think. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Show them in there. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're. Um, they're very loyal and stuff yeah. like that, but they're, I mean, they can be totally raiders. Was there a Klaatuinian uh, driving the ATST? They never show anybody in there. Uh, they don't show anybody in it. Yeah, because it, it almost seemed like, and I know this is probably just for a fact, but it, they, they made it seem sentient. You know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah. Making, well, so. I mean, they, they um, lit up the eyes and stuff like that right, to make it right, seem right, right. like it. In and of itself, the, the ATST was the villain. Right. Not the person driving it. Yeah. Or anything like that. Um, uh, to, to be honest, I mean, it could have just been uh, Yoda's evil clone. Like, it could have been anybody driving that thing. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> the evil baby Yoda, the evil yeah. twin. Yeah, yeah. So, so definitely going to happen. <laughs> uh, so I thought the music was markedly better in this episode, more diverse. Uh, I heard more variation in the movements of the episode from sweeping. It had, like, sweeping epic themes to quiet, simple melodies when they were in the village uh, during the slice of life sequences. And, uh, I really appreciated that. It, mm-hmm. it, the music made it feel more like star Wars to me. Uh, whereas I definitely had a problem with the music in the first couple episodes. It just wasn't, it was either non-existent or just not very diverse. It wasn't yeah. much variation in it. And then in this, there was definitive movements throughout the chapters of the episode. So it was, uh, it was good. It was very yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, I appreciate that. I, I did like that. Cara Dune calls out the Mandalorian. She's like, Hey, uh, why don't you just like, Settle the fuck down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, he takes himself so seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? And but it, I mean, it's it, fun it, to see it, characters play on that. Well, I mean, it, it's who he is, though, right? Like, him, like, being Mandalorian is so much more because when he was a kid and then taken in by the Mandalorians, like, this has been his life, right? So for him to kind of just say goodbye to that, I think, is it would be disingenuine. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, it was uh, kind of punctuated by the uh, attempted ta- uh, hit on Baby Yoda. Yeah. And because at that time, they were discussing that maybe this is where Baby Yoda stays and yeah. settles. And, right? and to be honest with you, I actually thought uh, that that actually might be a thing for a while. Where I thought he, it would too. Where he was I thought it would too. And then come back eventually. Yeah. But they haven't established yet. There's got to be a way because they haven't really 
given us much information on this tracking system that the bounty hunters are using. Presumably, it's genetic. It's tied to yes. genetics somehow. Um, but if it exists, like Adam was saying, there has to be a way to sort of counteract it. And they haven't really established yet if that's going to be a thing or not. But, like, anything... You know, any signal, you know, can be trapped by like a Faraday cage. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. you know, why why don't they just make a house for him that's a Faraday cage and then nobody can track him? Yeah. No, it's a good question. Um, don't know. Yeah, very simple But I device. mean, like, well, I mean, to assume that something like a Faraday cage is going to work means that you have to assume that we understand the technology in play. That's right. Is not yeah. necessarily like radio based. That's right. Right. So there is um, a whole slew of things that it could be based off of maybe it's trekking midichlorians i mean like it, it looks like it <laughs> i mean hey maybe <laughs> but i mean it looks like it is probably just like si- electronic signal based but it's there's no way that it could possibly be tracking somebody like that right based on the information that we have now right so there and what is, happens when you're like on one planet and then he's on like a random other planet and you're just like turning in circles waiting for the beep to get faster? I think that probably the fob doesn't actually activate until you're within a certain distance of somebody. Oh, so you just travel around and hope that you... Th- that's a wild guess on my yeah. behalf. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. But uh, yeah. like the idea would be that it is like, you know, ultimately uh, you have to... Well, you know what? Or maybe even if it is active, but you have to be pointing in the right direction. And if you're not, it's not going to start beeping. Yeah, yeah. Like the, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. They'll eventually, there will be more information that will come out. Yeah, Most likely a book is going to be the thing that answers all of this shit. That's right. Because, I mean, like the bounty pucks, the way that the guild code works, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of legends lore to kind of hint yeah. to what it could be, but we don't know. So I'll be picking book up that book. I'll be picking that one up. I think everyone will be. All right. So that's Mando episode four and uh, looking forward to episode five comes out this Friday. So we'll go ahead and uh, dive deep on that next week. Yeah. All right, getting into, uh, well, should we do the feature item now, or playing and watching, or what do you want to do? <laughs> I thought Mandalorian was the feature item. <laughs> so we have more feature items. So we'll talk about we'll talk about all the big events that happened in 2019. So uh, we'll start in January, and I'll just highlight a couple of the events per month, and uh, we'll just sort of harken back. So we'll call it the Ronin Geek Official Time Machine. So in January this year, great big gaming event happened. So, and this seems actually more... Th- more than a year ago, which is interesting, it seems like an eternity, but Bungie on January 10th uh, terminated its publishing deal with Activision, maintaining rights to the Destiny series. That just happened right at the beginning of 2019, which is interesting. Yep. That's crazy. It seems like it was like years ago. It feels like it was. It's wild. But it wasn't, yeah. So that was a big event, actually, because Destiny obviously being a huge, persistent uh, online multiplayer game uh, with multiple iterations at this point, multiple expansions for those iterations, uh, definitely still a big game. Definitely still very popular. And also uh, the first free-to-play game, right, on Stadia? Pretty sure it's the first one that's just included with with the subscription. It was, con- yeah, it was included with premium subs. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to be kind of a, uh, a follow-through for everything else. Um I think I think it actually is, but I don't know that for a fact. I almost wonder if maybe their deal with or their desire to make a deal with Google over Stadia was part of the reason why they spun off. So because it seems maybe. like uh, 
You know, like uh, a lot of times the big publishers don't get along well with no. these platforms, similar to like EA and Steam, which also makes this list. Well, EA, uh, I think, has recently kind of uh, brought that back a little bit because Steam's now got pretty much all of EA's yeah. games now. What was what was EA's thing called, though? Was it like... Origin. Origin, that's right. Yeah, yeah so that was their, their thing they tried running. <laughs> okay, so I get why they did it. It's still a piece of shit. <laughs> Seriously, though it is. It's always been. I know. Like ever no, since, yeah. I'm not even saying it like from a vindictive place. Like yeah. it's just like I have used Origin <laughs> since it came out. Right. Not once have I gone, oh, you know, this is actually a pretty good client for loading my games. Yeah. There's always some weird shit going on that like just things don't line up properly. Day to day, it's not a big deal. Using Origin's fine. Mm. It is not like I'm going out on a warpath here against Origin, yeah. but it is not well refined. It almost seems like one of those things that would come about from like uh, just a bunch of suits in a boardroom talking about like, well, just just make a Steam, make a new Steam. Like it's that, you know, I like, think that, like that's it's the probably, easiest thing. That's probably what their um, assumption was that they were going to pretty much do this, yeah. and and have Steam 2.0. But um, uh, I don't know if they lost Steam, huh? Ha. But uh, oh. the, I think. The problem is, is that uh, whoever did the actual design work, I mean, you did a good job with the the pieces you had, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, and I'm saying that a lot, uh, it just you miss the mark. It's all form over function, basically. It, it felt like they had yeah. the like the B or the C team working on the on that's the platform. Right. That's and, right, and, and that's not bad. I mean, for those of you who did it, you got paid. Fantastic. Good on you. Um, and I mean, you, you work with what you had. Oh, I agree. And it, this doesn't seem like a project that they were wholly dedicated to from the very beginning that maybe it was just, you know, like, let's, let's try it and see what happens versus there's an actual plan for this. And, and know what, maybe, and that's maybe the problem is yeah. that they didn't go full into it. Right. And, and they didn't bring in outside, um, develop, like other games and shit right. until much later on. Yeah. Yeah. When we all started And there was nothing, uh, as far as I know, exclusive to the platform. There's no draw, um, you know what I mean? There, w- there, there's benefits in terms of like you know incremental content that you can get for using it, but yeah, okay. So the way that they kind of saved their cells a little bit was where they kind of had Anthem come out and they had this Origin Premium. Uh, That's right. That they scalped people on. Anthem happened this year too. Yeah. So, um, but I mean. Uh, Origin Premium Access now is also available through Steam. So, I mean... Actually, it's funny. Anthem didn't make this list. However, Electronic Arts announced it would be cutting 350 jobs or 4% of its workforce. Did make the list, made, <laughs> likely made, as a result of Anthem. This, by the way, this is on a, This is crowdsourced. This is from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just all the, all the... Whoever thought it was a big gaming event, they just plugged it in on the date. Yeah. So the next big event, Respawn Entertainment and Electronic Arts surprise released Apex, Apex Legends, a battle royale game within a week that gained 25 million players and challenged the dominance of Fortnite, which was very brief. <laughs> yeah, I love that. By the way, I, I really do love that. Uh, when uh, So Fortnite hits, and they completely swipe player-known battlegrounds. Player-known battlegrounds is still doing fine, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Fortnite is definitely on the top. And then Apex Legends comes out, and people love it, and they're all about it. Then they're not. <laughs> Everyone was saying, oh, this is going to kill Fortnite. This is going to kill Fortnite. I'm like, I don't think so. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Fortnite. But there's a point in time where you need to look at something and say, 
fuck, even though I don't like this thing, they're doing something obviously very, very right. Yeah, now, they're not really talking about uh, the actual player base currently on Apex Legends. However, uh, it looks like within two months after it came out, Twitch viewership of the title dropped by 74%. Yes. So likely, this started off at what? Viewer, it, it, view- got up to, it got up to a maximum, I think, in its second week of like up to 50 million users. And then uh, and then if it dropped 74% on Twitch, then that would probably put it in a neighborhood of you know 12 and a half million users right now. So if that's the case, or at that time, don't get me wrong. I don't think Apex Legends is doing bad. No, no. no, by, no, no, by, no. In fact, by comparison with most other titles, it's probably still doing very it's well. It's doing phenomenal, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. This is not me bashing Apex Legends, but there is a reality you need to face where that reality is Fortnite is still beating the shit out of everybody in the battle royale genre, and for it's for whatever reason it's doing this, and I got to assume it's because it is. Uh, Pulling in all of the cultural punches it can, and then yeah. uh, and, and just having fun. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I can't think of any other uh, battleground game that had Thanos fucking randomly. I know, show up right? In it. Yeah, John Wick, uh, yeah, or yeah. John Wick, <laughs> or whatever. He was good. The Fortnite guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, now, Fortnite's now, winning right now. Not to be beaten to the punch. Uh, February twelfth, Activision Blizzard announced a that despite a record quarter it would be laying off eight percent of its workforce or 775 positions primarily from non-development sectors so definitely not to be outdone by ea i think a lot of that is and i mean i could be wrong but i think a lot of that really comes down to they thought destiny was bigger than it actually was they prepped for it yep uh it was big for a while that kind of died off so a lot of the ancillary jobs Got cut. Yeah, I think I think when uh, Respawn spun off, it just left a lot of people with probably not a whole lot to do. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what happened. So, it, yeah, it's just, you know, hey, sometimes uh, you get cut, and that, and that sucks. I really never want that to happen to anybody. But, I mean, uh, reality is reality sometimes. So next big event, uh, March 19th, this was the reveal of Google Stadia. Uh, so Google streaming service at one of their events. Yep. And uh, is, it is it has come to full fruition now as you currently have a Stadia, what? but have yet to get, to get to try it out in any substantive way is my understanding. Right. So I haven't really, um, not that I haven't used it. I've used it a bit. Uh, I have not used it near enough to actually really fully comment on it had a bit of a rocky launch um i mean that's just take a look around right that said um i don't think it's gonna go anywhere uh google's invested enough in it it's gonna stick around and i assume that it'll only recover from where it's at well hopefully yeah definitely definitely was not the package people expected it to be so electronic arts on march 26th this is when they they laid off uh 350 jobs or about four percent of their workforce so the two largest third-party publishers uh in the gaming sector uh, other other than like Valve, of course, uh, laid off um, quite a lot of people this year. So 350 plus, what was it, 770 jobs? So yeah. 775. So yeah, that's like, uh, what is that, 1,275 people? No, 1,175? That's wild. 1,125 people getting laid off out of that sector. So obviously this is all happening in like... You know, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, so people are getting picked up elsewhere, obviously. Uh, I've seen it on Twitter. There's actually a good community out there. And they, they when people are getting laid off, there's a lot of people who jump in to offer new positions, like other publishers looking yeah. to hire and things like that. So they usually get taken care of, which is I mean, good. Yeah, the industry is, is still booming. Uh, despite how much the games industry has been growing. Yeah, and, and the gaming industry is always earmarked by periods of immense, enormous growth because of a certain thing, but also periods of extreme, utter 
you know, attrition. You know what I mean? Well, so it's, I mean, it, it goes up and down for every company. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is not. I would not call it a stabilized industry by any means. Right. It is certainly like there's bubbles and those bubbles pop. Oh yes, they do. But remember, usually, remember like we going into the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was but brutal. At the, at the same time, though, when uh, that bubble pops, we start seeing more coming up very quickly. Yeah, yeah, so, and, and then they usually get into risk taking at that point as well, and they start to greenlight properties they wouldn't normally do. Yeah, so, yeah, and, it's usually good news for the industry. It, it usually, it usually is uh, good. Yes. So actually, we'll get to an announcement later on that happened in June uh, that it sort of speaks to that. So uh, Reggie Fields M retired as president and CEO of Nintendo of America and was replaced by the aptly named Doug Bowser on April fifteenth <laughs> this year. So. Yeah. Reggie Fizem been in there for a long time, or Fizem I guess he goes by. But yeah, uh, good guy. I saw him at a few GameStop conferences. He was really very friendly with people yeah. uh, out on out on the expo floor, talking to managers and stuff. Just very very friendly, uh, very warm guy. So I, I think he's he's a good he's one of the good guys, right? Yeah. And uh, and it's sad to see someone like him go. I don't know much about Doug Bowser, other than he's been in Nintendo of America for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in various roles, but it's good to see them promoting from within and kind of you know maintaining the course of business. Yeah. So good for them. Good for them. Um, May 7th, Microsoft released the all-digital version uh, of the Xbox One console called the Xbox One S, which lacks an optical drive for a lower price point. The reason why I highlighted this one is because it's it's a major play by a first-party publisher, a hardware publisher, actually, uh, yeah. to, to make an all-digital console. And to date, I can't think of another major first-party console from Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo that was all digital. Uh, isn't the new PlayStation all digital? No. I don't think so. I know the PlayStation 5 was officially announced. I don't think it's supposed to be all digital, though. I thought the 5 was supposed to be their move to digital. No, but I bet there will be uh, both versions available oh, at launch. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at this point, um, there is a lot of data that goes into games. I mean, having an optical drive kind of just seems redundant. It's getting there. It's like, certainly getting there. And also kind of useless because you can only fit so much onto an optical disc. Yeah. Well, as we see with like Red Dead, where you put the game disc in, and there's a 50 gig download you have to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like, wild. So yeah, it feels like the disc is really just the key to the to the castle. Could they do games like um you know like uh like a PlayStation Four game? Could they do it on a cartridge similar to what Nintendo uses for the Switch? Is that possible? I mean, even the it's cartridge- just flash memory. <sighs> yeah, I don't see why not. But I mean, in this day and age, I understand having the physical copy feels like a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But really, all you're doing is you're you're kind of fucking yourself at this point because at the end of the day, what I love, the majority I love fucking myself. Yeah, well, the majority of games <laughs> though, it's data on your drive, and the only thing the disc or cartridge is used for is your key to the castle. Yeah, and if you lose that, which you're yeah. not going to do with a digital copy. Fucked. But look, my main problem with it as a console player is that look, I get the push toward digital, okay? But the trouble is, is like when the Xbox, or the, the you know Xbox One and the PlayStation Four first came out, like I have a 500 gigabyte unit for my PlayStation Four, and it's not big enough. And that's the trouble with this is that I get the push toward all digital, but you better make the memory in the new iterations so fucking huge right off the bat that it's a no brainer that this is the system for me. I'm talking like 10 terabytes. Just fucking blow it out. No more, no more. 
no more paltry memory that I have to find a way to expand. I just want it simple. I'll pay up front for it, even if it's more money than just buying traditional memory. Just give me the thing. That's one thing I've never really... That's my biggest gripe with these guys. Okay, these consoles just need to have a little bit of modularity to them so you can just upgrade your space. But what I'm saying is, just sell me the thing with more memory right off the bat. We know that it's exponentially increasing, right? That's like one of the laws of technology. It's always exponentially increasing, you know (laughs) what I mean? So look, if if, if Red Dead 2, uh, Red Dead 1 was 10 gig download, Red Dead 2 was a 50 gig download, the next one's probably going to be like a 250 gig download, right? Do you remember, it wasn't even that long ago, people were uh, freaking out about, I think it was Titanfall had like a 16 gig download oh yeah yeah, yeah. and people yeah. were like or it's like 16 gig and just audio files or something and people right. were up in arms and i'm like you guys are in for a rude awakening in a couple of years and lo and fucking behold and here we are <laughs> yeah yeah and and the systems that are currently in the market are one terabyte systems and that's like nowhere near enough memory it's just not uh, yeah for maintaining a game a digital game collection anyway no so look i'm i'm all in on an all digital system when when it finally happens i have one but it major needs- gripe philosophically with that and that they can they can change and update uh, digital content, and they can't do that with a disc. So when you buy a disc or a cartridge, you're you always own the original version of the game, even though you might not see that when you play it. But you don't. You know why? Why? Because almost the entire game is not on that disc, and it doesn't matter if you have that. That's disc, true nowadays. It, yeah. If, but if but have... except for like Nintendo cartridges, like my my cartridge, my Breath of the Wild cartridge is still the same cartridge it was in the first day. The only thing that's come out since then is just patches, digital patches. Fair. And, yeah. and okay. All right, so let's we can push Nintendo out of this argument yeah. and say, okay, yeah, maybe do it more that way if you're yeah. going to go that way. But I mean, for every other game, you're not playing it. You're just not going to be able to play it with your original disc. That's right. We're without, already in that age. We're already there. You, yeah, it's just that's, like that's what I'm trying to say is that outside of Nintendo, you are not buying your game. You're buying a, a physical key. And it's a physical key that can get damaged and lost. Yep. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah. At this point, and particularly I get, disc format is is tricky. Yeah, so. and I, and I get it. You don't want people to be able to pull shit away from you, or you want to you know hand it off to a friend so they can play. Those are totally viable arguments. Right. At the same time, you're screwing yourself. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, even returning a game to get some money back, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. Well, I never, unless you sell them privately, you can usually get more money out of them that way. If you can yeah. sell it privately. So, Fair. speaking of Xbox, Xbox Game Studios announced on June 9th their acquisition of Double Fine, uh, the developers behind Psychonaut series, among other things. So, which is pretty cool. So, that's this, uh, this I think, is, is an interesting take because uh, Microsoft is really driving their Game Pass this year. And uh, it's really cool to see they're actually picking up some first party content uh, that's a little bit different, a little bit more offbeat. Yeah, so. but Double Fine kind of fucked up recently. Like, uh, well, not that recently. But yeah, they, yeah, they fucked up in recent history. Well, yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't have a lot of goodwill. I think for the last few years, but at, at least back then in the PlayStation Three era, PlayStation Two era, uh, they they were top of their game. So Psychonauts was very good. Much yeah, Psycho- Oh yeah, no one's gonna be like, oh, Psychonauts sucked. I mean, Broken Age was pretty good. Oh man, there was a there was a game or two though that like really shit the bed. I mean, Brutal Legend was it fun, but not a great. It did not do well. Headlander was okay. Well, yeah, that that was a Adult Swim title. Yeah, um, Iron Brigade. Uh, I actually have that. That was a fun game to play. It was a little bit. Uh, it didn't really go where you wanted to. Gang but, Beasts. Oh, dude, they okay. published it. They didn't make it. They yeah, published they it. published Gang Beasts. 
uh, they really shit the bed on Space Face DF9. Oh, dude, there's a there's a uh, Samurai Gun 2, TBA, underpublished. Eh. Ooh, that's cool. Costume Quest 2. Oh, yeah, the um, Costume Quest games were cool. They were pretty good. Yeah, they were, they were early uh, sort of indie-like titles available. I think there was PS3 era. Yeah. So, I mean, like... Ultimately, at the end of the day, there was a couple of good stuff, but there there were some games that are blights on their thing, and the, and the biggest one that comes to my memory is Space Space DF Nine. They fucked over their. How about purchasers. Connect Party? <laughs> I don't really give a shit about that. Sorry, there's just some things I just can't. Brutal Legend. They made Brutal Legend. I, I forgot all about, about that. I said Brutal Legend. Dude, that was such a good game. I don't know if it was a great game. Like it was. No, fun. I didn't say great. I said it, it was, was a good game. It was a fun game. <laughs> it was. It, it was, was a fun game. It was it, not. It was not a great. It game. was like the only action adventure slash pseudo RPG that was out there at the time. Really. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, like there was definitely aspects of Brutal Legend that were memorable, and I wouldn't. I would never say don't buy Brutal Legend, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like you should buy Brutal Legend. Yeah, I, w- I would never try to push somebody to get it. So what happened with uh, so Space Space uh, DF9 is a PC title. Uh, what, what happened with that that uh, went off the rails? I mean, so much went wrong with that. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't deliver. Oh, actually, on, on the Wikipedia, their 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 listing is is uh, one of their main listings is controversy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's why. Why don't you if why don't you go ahead and click that? Yeah, yeah, and just kind of quickly sum that up because that's. It was fucked. Interesting, because it went into pre-release, and then they said they were going to release content as as it became available, but it sounds like they were trying to judge what the engagement was with the game before they really committed yes. to making that content, which is a little bit backwards, yes. so based on what they said. So yeah, that's that's interesting. So I guess they burned a lot of uh, equity oh, at that point. Oh my god. I At that point, that's when Double Fine lost it with me, because- It's a pretty I've shitty been, thing to do. Yeah, yeah. it's extremely shitty yeah. to do. Because, I mean, as a gamer who's been around for a long time when a lot of these companies were fledgling, yeah, you know, like, I go in and I buy your games supporting you because I know that you're going to be giving me quality content. Right. And when they fucked me like that, and that's what it was. That's really what it was. <laughs> and it was not pleasant. Oh, what was the guy's name? Um, but, like, this. but, like, think of, uh, what was it, Hello Games that made, uh, um, shit. Tim uh, Schafer. Yeah, Tim, Tim Schafer. Yeah, so Tim Schafer showed up to your house. Yeah. <laughs> with Starship, or was it Spaceship? Space, whatever, fuck off, DF9. Space Space DF9. Yeah. He took you into the into the closet. Yeah, not good time. <laughs> it's not good time. I won't say what Tim Schafer did. Actually, no, uh, he was at uh, he was at the GameStop conferences, too. Yeah. So because they would do, like, uh, EA would have, like, a room, and he, he was in there sometimes. Yeah. And he was pretty friendly as well. Oh, I'm sure he so, was. Yeah, yeah, very nice guy. But, very like, nice guy. Uh, but, uh, but you know. Corrupt, fucking... corrupt company, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, um, sorry, I was I was going at a point. Ah, oh, shit. What was the game? A space game that came out, and it totally fucked up. I think it was Holo Games made it. Or produced it or whatever. Oh, it was um, uh, No Man's Sky. Yes. Yep. That is a phenomenal game now in my mind. And it, it's a phenomenal story, too. Yes. Because, yeah, because they said that they would fix it. They, and, and, and they and did. And give the players everything they promised, and they did that. And they did more. Yeah. Uh, actually, a big content patch just recently dropped for it. Another one? Yes. That's, that's bigger than Next? Because Next was massive. I don't know if it's bigger than Next, but it, yeah, it, yeah. it definitely adds on to it. Wow. So, like... That's a game that I once I, I owned when it first came out. Played it for a couple of weeks and realized there was nothing else to do, so so I, I sold it off. Yeah. And then I ended up repurchasing it down the road when Next came out for like ten bucks. 
and just had an absolute blast with it. Yes. Uh, creating the bases and doing the building and everything. There's so much more. More oh, base stuff, too. so good. I love it. There's a great creative mode yes. where you don't get attacked. You can just fly around and build bases and fly planet to planet, build more bases, and just kind of generally just dick around. It's uh, so much fun. Yeah, it's a great game to get high So it's... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when, yeah. when you... Dude, there's nothing like it in this game. They do it so well where you're like, you're in your ship, you see a planet in the distance, you blast there, it takes a couple minutes, but then you punch through the atmosphere and it's such a great feeling every yeah. time. It's like, what am I going to see? What am I going to It's like opening yeah. a present every time. It's so cool. And then sometimes you see some boring shit and sometimes you see some really cool shit. Yeah, and, sometimes uh, you see some really weird shit. Oh, dude, yeah. There's some like weird some, like, planets. It's like, did this come out of Rick and Morty? I yeah. found a, I found a, like a bubble planet at one point. It was just a, like a huge open landscape and there was just bubbles floating around and bouncing around on things. Interesting. It was so random. <laughs> loved That's it. Kinda cool. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, No Man's Sky is a good example of we're gonna fix this. And yeah, uh, I think Realm Reborn and No Man's Sky are my top ones of like, hey, good job, guys. Yeah, Realm Reborn is a good one too. Yeah. So moving on to next event, June eighteenth, another titan of the gaming industry steps down. Uh, the progenitor of the PlayStation series, uh, Kaz Hirai, retired from Sony Corporation after serving the company for thirty-five years. Most recently, CEO and chairman for six years. So uh, another titan in the industry, just like Reggie uh, feels May, and he's he's now out too. So I guess these guys only wanted to sort of see out the decade, mm-hmm. and uh, now there's a new decade coming in. They're like, well, see you guys later. Good luck. Oh, uh, by the way, small quick side jaunt. Uh, so Death Stranding came out, right? Yep. And people have various things to say about that, but I'm not going to really review any of it until the PC release comes I out. I love how divisive it is. See, the thing is, like, I think from everyone's like, man, this game sucks, and here's why. And they list it. I'm like, wow, I want to get the game more now. <laughs> yeah, but I was listening to, um, maybe it was one of the IGN reviewers talk about it, and they were yeah. talking about how, like, hearing that feedback only wanted them, only wanted to make him play it more. Yeah. And uh, and then when they did that, they just loved it. I can't remember exactly who it was. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to quote them just for fear of doing it wrong, but they, uh, they they just absolutely loved the game, and they loved just how offbeat it was because of that. Yes. So, uh, and they say it's one of my top games of the year, oh, you know I already, what I mean? I already know that I'm going to really, really, really like it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it has been very hard. I've been keeping it, like, uh, complete blinders on for that. Right. I honestly have not had anything spoiled for me yet, but I don't even care about, like, the story or anything like that. I just want to transport shit. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's cool, too, because there's already, like, infrastructure being built in the game. So certainly you'll still be able to, if you're playing the online mode which you don't have to but if you're playing online i didn't even know there's an online mode there is and it, it there's basically like crowdsourced roads that are already being built uh from point a to point b so and then uh so for instance one of the ign reviewers was one of the early people to play it yeah. and they played it in the online mode and constructed all these roads so they're like number one in the world in terms of how much they've produced in the game and i guess part of the social strand system is that people when you play it in online mode they can like the things that you've done. Yeah. And so he's already gotten like millions upon millions of likes. Cause so and once you have a foundation, then people keep looking for your shit. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's such a cool idea. So I yeah. think this game is going to be fun when I finally get a chance to play it. Well, I'm, I'm excited for the PC release because at that point people will already know how to play and they'll be right. doing that stuff for me and it'll be fresh online, but it'll also still be uh, an air of veterancy to it. Right, right, right. So, so and I, I just love Kojima games too. He's just so offbeat. Like he really has fun yeah. with the content and he, and he takes... He takes and sometimes he has very serious storylines, and he takes them in really cool, wacky, and strange directions a lot of times. And he just does it so fearlessly. I love that's, it. That's just, what it is, though. Yeah, it's See, just such confidence at in the doing end such of the day. Shit. It's like he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah. "This is the game that I made. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it?" And there's always going to be people who are like, "Yeah, that's yeah. the game I wanted." 
it Thank feels you. like his brainchild, which is the coolest thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, if you've ever seen him talk about even like Metal Gear Solid, there's a lot of moments where like people around him were like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like he had some bizarre shit that he, uh, it's like, and, and stuff, he'll do it just to fuck with them too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like, there was times where he would talk about like how he wanted to have like one of the characters like breasts out for right. like the majority of the time. And people were like, why? Yeah. He's like, cause. Because I want to. That's the character. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted it to be like that. And I'm like, yeah, it probably doesn't need to be in the game. But like, now we're able to see him kind of a little more unfiltered and kind of doing his own thing. I'm psyched for him, man. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, very much like the car discussion we had last time when Adam was here. Yeah. Everybody knows how to make a regular sedan. Yeah. I want somebody to make me something a little bit weirder. Yeah, I yeah. want something a little bit stranger that does something that other people don't don't venture to. Because right. even if it even if it ends up being a crapshoot, the ability to say, "Look, we went there and we tried it." Yeah, yeah, is phenomenal. That's fun. Yeah. That's fun. So and that, the and gaming that, industry, like th- that's the industry to do it. Well, that's what drives it forward too. Because guys like Kojima, you know, experiment with games like you know Metal Gear Solid and now Death Stranding. And guess what? A lot of good things have come from that, and it's birthed yeah. new genres. You know what I mean? Yeah. Death Stranding will as well. There will be games that emulate exactly what it does. There will be games. So yes. it's just a matter of time. I'm, well, I mean, like, but even think about it in uh, like Red Dead Online. A lot of the time, I'm just hunting shit and transporting shit. That's almost all of what I do in the game, and that's such a small facet of it. Yeah. And uh, the the fact that we're getting more games to have these small integrations, we're getting closer and closer to the like Uber games, right? Where games will just be like, you can do anything, right? And the only reason He's experimenting why with that for sure. Yeah, and the only reason why we can get to those kind of games though is by games that do this weird nuanced shit. That's right. So that it becomes uh, enough mainstreamed and, and people understand how to make that content properly yeah. that we can get a lot of And it's really exciting, too, because guys like Kojima, they're just barely scratching the surface, I feel like, of what could be done. Oh, yeah. So especially in, in using the funny physics and things like that. So I, I think it could get so much fun. So uh, big event in August now. Moving on, August 20th, 25th, was the International 2019, which is an annual global Dota 2 esports tournament. Uh, this was held in Shanghai this year. Uh, it, it, held, it held the largest prize pool of any esports tournament in history at over $34 million U.S., so. You know what? Um, I'm not a huge player of Dota, but I've got to tip my fucking hat to that community in that game. Yes. Because you they are... They are hard fucking core, man. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, wow. You know, uh, esports would not be where they are without these kinds of games. Like, Dota is, like, f- showing to be kind of like the flagship. How does it, like, it just blows my mind. How does a game that's, like, what, eight years old at this point? Like, how does it continue? Well, keep like doing I mean, what it's doing, it's incredible. Even League of Legends still has a. Phenomenal... It's the same fucking map, isn't it? No, basically, no, <laughs> no, 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 not the same map. There's very defined differences between. Yeah, two. yeah. they are similar. It's, it, it's just wild, though, how yeah. like you know they make these very minute changes. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. To 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 the game and the gameplay or the map, and it just completely reinvents the game and forces new play styles. Well, it's really smart. As soon as they release a character that has a, a gameplay mechanic that does not align with what's already on the field, right. it fucks everything up. It's so that's and, the or it has part the potential to. That's least. the coolest part about it. But yes, you're right. That is the coolest part about it. Um you to get those kind of weird plays that make no sense and all of a sudden uh everyone's like, "Oh, this ga- character shit, this character shit, this character shit." And then the one of the professionals come around, around and they're like, "Is it though?" 
and they find some weird way to make a character that made no sense up to that point into like one of the god tier characters that they could possibly be. Yeah. And when you see that happen, it's magical. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool as hell. So September 19th, the Apple Arcade, a game subscription service, was launched following uh, Apple's keynote. So uh, I don't know much about Apple Arcade. I haven't really experimented with it. Um, is it like Google Play Games? I'm not an Apple guy. Yeah. I am, and I don't even know anything about it. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. Okay, moving I, on. I mean, like, uh, it's an area that we don't cover, uh, yeah. sadly, and it's yeah. not for a lack of... If uh, anyone wants to educate us, write us and let us know, or hit me up on Twitter. So, at Ronan Geekery, let me know. You want to educate us on uh, Apple Arcade? Come on How the awesome show. it is. Come on the so, show. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, well, like, you'll guest. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. September 30th, Sean Layden, who is the Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studio CEO, stepped down. So, again, another bigwig, somebody who's been in the industry for a long time. Uh, He was around to see a lot of the big first-party titles launch from Sony Interactive Entertainment, so your Uncharted's. Uh, games like that, so mm-hmm. he was he was around for all that. So another big wig stepping down at the end of the decade, uh, October sixth to eleventh. Blizzard Entertainment dealt with the fallout. Uh, actually, continues after the eleventh. So it's the fallout from issuing bans related to the pro Hong Kong speech at the Hearthstone Grandmasters event. So obviously we we talked about that recently, and uh, and uh, man, Hong Kong just does, they're not settling down. Like these people are still they're like fighting police from universities with like bows and arrows. Like it's crazy. They they are not. I'll, I'll be honest down. with you, and and I a little ashamed to say this, but uh, I actually don't know what's where things are currently. So well, I think that the initial law that initiated the protest there has the bill for it has officially been overturned. So that was the extradition bill. So okay. that was what ignited the whole thing in the first place because uh, Hong Kong maintains itself as an autonomous territory, and yeah. uh, basically what the bill was proposing was that anyone according to the Chinese rule, uh, could effectively be exported uh, or turned over to the Chinese authorities without question. So so they definitely operate, um, uh, at least the courts, operate more independently of the government in Hong Kong, and I think people just had a serious problem with that. So yeah. anyway, that's where the protest started. The bill has effectively been overturned, but now it's just become a full-blown fight against, I, I think people genuinely see this as a fight against Chinese rule and occupation. Uh, yeah. Because Hong Kong, the, the people who are from there, they see themselves as an autonomous community. They even have, you know, their own dialect. You know, it was a Cantonese, right? Their own dialect of Chinese that they speak. You know what I mean? So it is, it is for all intents and purposes, an autonomous region. And, and we won't say where we fall on the topic. It's not really the platform for that. But you know what? Good on them for at least fighting what they believe in. So I think we already kind of made some, some opinions on that. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were talking about free speech and the fact yeah. that Chinese really dislike free speech, for example, fuck you, Chinese ruling party. We don't care about you. And why should we? And why should they? So anyway, free speech like that is an example. It's too bad because, like, I don't know. It's not worth getting into right now. It's yeah. just, it just makes me sad to think about yeah. that. that We still have this kind of shit to deal with in this day and age. Well, we'll move on to more happy stories then. So the 29th of October, Electronic Arts announced that they will start publishing games on Valve Corporation's Steam after pulling away from the service in 2011. So good thing. It's a good thing. So I would we'll say, take it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More content available to more people. A platform that's easier to use and more streamlined uh, than than uh, what was it, Origin. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Steam actually had a really nice uh, UI overhaul recently. Um, at first, I wasn't sure about it, but then uh, after I used it for a few days, love it. Nice, yeah. nice, excellent, excellent. Uh, November seventh, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment announced that Herman Holst would become the new. Head of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios, while uh, Shuhei Yoshida became the head of independent developer initiative at PlayStation. So a couple new bigwigs stepping into the limelight. I have never heard of 
Herman Holst, but the name looks German or Dutch or something. So I'll have to look him up and try to figure out where he's coming from. Um, and that's pretty much it for this year in big gaming events outside of just game releases. So I'm looking forward. Next year is going to be wild. It is. Next year is the wild west of gaming all over again, and I cannot wait. But you know what? Like As excited as I have been for next year, one thing got announced that I'm like... Yeah, nice. Patapon 3. Nope. Oh, okay. Patapon's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a really good game. Oh, fuck, man. I've actually got... Uh, I uploaded... Bata, 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 I actually... You know the fever worm? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got that as an emoji. Oh, do Discord. you really? Yeah. That's funny, man. That's funny. Um, but no, the thing that I'm most excited for is actually Alex. Not you. Oh, uh, yeah, the VR. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm going a fucking, into a... I'm it's going a into, Valve game. I'm going into a VR world. In a Valve game, but like Alex Austin is. <laughs> I'm I'm excited because uh, looking at it, it looks fantastic, and um, it's I think it's going to be the big prompt I need to get the uh, the new uh, controllers. Yeah. For, for look, if this VR. game scores a Metacritic score of nine point five or above, I will legally change my name to Alex with a Y. Yeah, but I think that's a long shot. <sighs> Oh, fuck. You heard it here first, people. Yeah. Alex. <laughs> okay, but here's that. That's a really risky fucking <laughs> thing to say because, I mean, has Valve games ever really disappointed? No, but there's no game in existence that's anywhere near 9.5 on Metacritic. So, Are you sure about that? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah, okay, let's look up like Breath of the Wild, for instance. Oh, fuck Breath of the Wild, dude. Nobody's going to care about that. What no, are you talking um, about, Breath Breath of the Wild? Nobody cares about it. It's like one of the best games ever made. No, nah, no, nah, that's a personal opinion. Um, no, I think it's pretty pretty objective. No, just uh, search best, uh, highest rated Metacritic uh, game. Breath of the Wild is at 8.6. Yeah, I don't care. There's going to be way better than that. Um, oh, no, sorry, it's at 97. Oh, nine, oh, really? Yeah. So, okay. So I didn't make the bet on that, though. So let's see. Highest <laughs> rated. So look, I'm probably going to have to retract my statement um, <laughs> because it appears that many games get within striking distance of 95. So I yeah. hereby retract it. I will not legally <laughs> change my name is, to Alex. Does any, of, does any of the Half-Life series get? Uh, boy, if it's in there, it's it's buried in this list. Um, sure. Well, now the original Half-Life 2 sits at a 90. Half-Life okay. 2 Episode 1 sits at an 87. Half-Life 2 PC game 2004, specifically the PC version, is rated 96. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So so there's Ooh, some big ones. So there's, there's, a, there's a solid chance. There's a precedent. There is a precedent for this. I mean, it is a VR game. Yeah. So there is some leeway there. Look, here's, here's what I will guarantee. I will crack at least one more joke about changing my name to Alex with a Y if this game hits a 95% of Metacritic. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, think about it. When Half-Life 2 came out, man, that revolutionized physics and games. The gravity gun, things like that. Oh, yeah. It was it unheard was of. Beyond revolutionary. It was um, so cool. And so seeing what they're doing with Alex, I mean, they're going to, and they've had the time to do it, revolutionize, like, how do you operate in that VR space? Yeah, so and that, that's what it's all about. If we hadn't been explicit at this point it's a vr game and it's likely going to incorporate some of those things that we've seen coming from uh from the portal series as well as the half-life series actually uh i'm really i want to know how they're doing locomotion in the game movement yeah 
Uh, I've actually free, got... It's going to be actual real-world free running? So here's a fun story. With a VR headset on? <laughs> here's a fun story. First of all, I think that we're going to get omnidirectional treadmills kind of pushed up pretty soon. Actually, because... that image just popped in my head just before you said it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I've got the uh, the poor man's version coming to my doorstep soon. Probably this year, actually. Three treadmills? Uh, no. Um, all facing uh, in different directions? No, there's a Kickstarter uh, that is panning out called uh, Cyber Shoes. Okay. And it's effectively... And when you look it up, you'll you'll chuckle because it, it is 100% the poor man's omnidirectional treadmill. Okay. They're effectively <laughs> uh, something you strap onto your feet, like shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, more like sandals, I'd say. You could like put them on shoes, I think. Uh, and they've got uh, rollers on the bottom of it. Right. And what it is is you kind of sit on this like stool that has a 360-degree spin. Nice. And uh, you run along the ground. So oh, you and stay it tracks in... your movement. Yes. That's smart. It is. That's really smart. Yeah, it is. It is 100% the poor man's omnidirectional I'm treadmill. I'm thinking of like just classical like roller skates or something. And yeah, then you're just and then of... on a stool they, and they, you spin. They just make something that just sort like of a bar holds stool. you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. And so, I mean, um, and that, that's kind of like chuckle, ha-ha. But think about it this way. The problem that everyone has playing like Fallout 4 or Skyrim VR is in locomotion. That's right. And these work with those games. Yeah, yeah. and the shortcut that's been made in the past, such as, uh, such as those games, one shortcut is the, the sort of point and click sort of thing where yeah. it, uh, for movement. The which, teleportation. Yeah, yeah which, which does seem to work for most people. I, th- I think that's probably how I would play it. I w- I'm so looking forward to playing Fallout 4 uh, VR with the Cyber Shoes on. Because uh, there's a community that has been really kind of beefing out uh, all the DLC mm-hmm. for Fallout 4. Because Fallout 4, only the core game is actually supported for VR. Yeah. But everyone else has brought the uh, other DLCs kind of into the fold. Okay, cool. And, uh, I mean, it's not a perfect uh, marriage, but it is uh, functionally pretty much there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to, to experiencing that with a cyber shoes on, yeah, yeah. And, and seeing where it is. And I'll definitely be talking about it on here. So yeah, st- looking forward to tuned. brutally murdering the Brotherhood of Steel in uh, in VR. So it's gonna be a good time. You know, yeah, I don't think there's gonna be anything as immersive as what I'm getting ready to do. And I I really hope, and I don't think that it is, but I really hope that uh, follow VR uh, the index controllers are actually compatible. I don't believe they are though. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they would work, but I don't think that they have the finger compatibility. Yeah. yeah. But man, that'd be awesome. If it did. <laughs> You're gonna get some absinthe, smoke some peyote, did you and see... just get get down to business, man. That was the coolest thing I saw though. On the if you've have you seen the Alex trailer, yeah, uh, there's a point in the VR where they clear off a shelf with their hand, yeah, and grab a shell and physically load it into the gun, yeah, and then snap the barrel shut and fire it. It's fucking cool. And I mean, like that amount it's... of immersion, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, Valve is. Maybe one of the only companies in the world that can really pull this off. So I got pretty high hopes for it. So. The the game could last an hour, and yeah. if it's a solid hour of like intense VR stuff, I'm sold. Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'll, so looking I'll, forward to I'll uh, full price for that. Looking forward to 2020. I think we'll dive deeper oh. into uh, 2020 predictions uh, in an upcoming episode toward the end of the year. For sure, yeah. And I mean, there's gonna be a lot of other games, but like that's just the one I want to touch on because it's it's a Valve game and it is pushing forward the VR side of gaming. And uh, they see the potential. Sony knows there's potential. And, I mean, the numbers don't lie. It's growing. It's yeah. a growing field. Hell, yeah. We're uh, almost there. We're on the cusp. We're not there yet, but we are on the cusp. Cool. So I guess we'll get into playing and watching? Sure. Finish this. Round three. Fight. 
So playing and watching. Uh, actually, I don't have a whole lot. God damn, you son of a bitch. Have no, I, I know I was watching something, and, and when I think of what hey, it was, I'll let you know. Expanse, have you not gone back? I haven't and... restarted it yet. Oh, uh, look, look, Amazon Prime fucked me. They fucked me hard on yeah, that. Yeah, I know, okay? just, like, just, I didn't, just, I didn't... Just, just go back okay. and watch it. All right, I'm settling down now. <laughs> uh, so I did go and watch the latest couple episodes of the Jeff Goldblum show. On, oh, yeah, uh, how is that? On, it's good, man. It's I haven't good. watched it yet. People, people find themselves really adverse to his style of comedy, but what... What people don't understand about Jeff Goldblum is everything the guy does in his life, he does specifically to entertain himself. And yeah. I heavily identify with that because the vast majority of things that I do and say that I find funny, I have done to specifically yeah. entertain myself. Yeah. I don't really give a shit if most other people think it's funny or not. No, that's so. And I appreciate him for that because he cracks stupid jokes. He laughs at his own jokes. He makes people uncomfortable. And I'm like, I can identify with all that. So because I don't really care if people feel like they're in on a joke or not. I'm going to crack the joke if I think it's funny. Yeah. So uh, so I really appreciate that about him. Uh, but I think that's really put a lot of people off from the series because they don't kind of get that brand of comedy. But uh, <laughs> But I really like it. I really like it. You know, uh, it's funny that you said it that way because there's a series on Netflix. I think I mentioned it on here before uh, called Neo Yokio. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the majority of people who see it absolutely despise the show. Yeah. Um, because they're like, animation shit. I'm not arguing that. Totally agree. Uh, but like the delivery on, on character dialogue is like, comes off very deadpan. Uh, and... and like a lot of people associate it to being like Jaden Smith's Twitter made into an anime. And <laughs> wait, is this the one about the gender swap? The gender swap guys? No, no, no. It's like it's a whole bunch of uh, it's about um, kind of this like magical exorcist in this like futuristic version of like like New York slash Tokyo. Okay, I want to see Jaden Smith's Twitter feed now. That's <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's right It's all about like fashion. It's like it just like name drops like fashion shit. Oh, and stuff I got like you. That. Okay, okay. And it's like. And that's all it talks about. And and people are like, oh, man, this is so much shit. And it's like, it got such a crazy cast. It was like Susan Sarandon, Jude Law. What? Yeah, it's like it's like insane. If you look at the actual fucking lineup for this show, it's like, what the fuck? That's bizarre. And the reason why everyone, I, I and I honestly believe this, don't like the show is because they actually don't take the time to think about what it's actually doing. Because hmm. the whole show... Is a fucking riot. It's interesting because like actors like that, either you've paid them a, a whole fuck ton of money, or they just genuinely like the content and they're willing to do it for you know a discount or whatever. And, so and I wonder, I wonder which it is with them. I think it's the second one because if you take ten seconds and actually pay attention to what they're talking about and what's going on in the show, it's like this is not a show about a, a, a good like this is not your standard show. This is not like a good guy wins at the end of the day kind of thing. No, it's this character who's kind of like blah about life, the story doesn't really fucking go anywhere. It's not about any of that. So it's kind of like One Punch Man, but the guy doesn't win. <laughs> kind of. Oh, that's a bad example. It's um, it's like a more blase version of like BoJack Horseman. Okay. Uh, but ultimately, it is it's a caricature of itself, and that's what makes it fantastic. I like that, it, I like like, that a lot. It pokes itself in the fucking yeah. eye. I love stuff that's like self-referential like that, and, and just doesn't take itself too seriously. It, it doesn't. Stuff that takes it, itself too seriously really turns me off. Well, But that's the thing, though, is that a lot of people go went into that show thinking like, oh, hey, it's going to be like a, a regular show. It's not. It's yeah. not a regular show. Do not go in there expecting it, because yeah, you'll hate it if you do. Yeah. Go in there and be like, 
if at the end of the day you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yes. You watch the show properly. Okay. Um, I'm and, very interested in watching this right away. <laughs> it's short. You, yeah. You'll get through it fast. It's just like the whole thing is just a joke on kind of like that higher society thing. And and I don't know. It, maybe it's just like maybe nobody else likes it. Maybe mm. it's just like one of those shows that mm. like I just resonated with. But like if you look at all the reviews, it's just people ripping into it, ripping into it, ripping into it. And then you'll find like one or two reviews. That really attracts me to go watch it then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll find one or two reviews and they'll be like, this is fucking gold. <laughs> it's like people who've seen the light. <laughs> yeah. And when you when you read their reviews, uh, let me know. Because I didn't actually read any reviews till actually, until I watched their Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Which was called Pink Christmas. Uh, nice. Just go in, watch the show. It's not going to take you long to get through it. It's not, okay. it's not an expansive show. Yeah. And just give me your commentary. Dude, the more offbeat, the better, man. You know, one of my favorite shows was for the longest time, and mm. I'm really itching to watch it again, was Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. I'm such a fan of that fucking show. I loved Aqua Teen Hunger Force. To be honest, this feels like uh, it's like a millennial version of that. Okay, that's cool. That's I don't know cool. if it's cool. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go that far, but like it, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's refreshing. Because Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force is one of the greatest cartoon characters of all time. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, absolutely it, I'm not com- trying to compare those shows, but I'm trying to say it's a millennial version of that. Yeah, yeah. So it is very Actually, different. Actually, this time of year, I like to watch. There's a couple holiday episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, too. Yeah. There's one with uh, the ghost of Christmas past from the future. <laughs> yes. So great episode with, <laughs> with the giant robot. And da- Danzig, Danzig actually voices yeah. uh, from the Misfits. He actually voices in the show. It's so fucking good. He yeah. shows up, and there's this robot that's getting blood to flow down the walls. He's like, can you get the blood to flow up the walls? <laughs> He's like, I don't see why not. <laughs> it's so good, man. Uh, so I gotta good. Go back. I gotta go the back great red that. ape. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh my god. And then uh the turkey the turkey episode was good too, the Thanksgiving one with the turkey with the uh the missile the, the laser guided socks. <laughs> yes. Was that was it Aquatine Hunger Force was the one where they had the whole episode was just the uh silhouette of the underwater base? What what fucking show was that? No, that was uh no, that, 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 that was, was on a, at the same time. Shit, yeah, I know, I know, I know C-Lab, it was the same time. Twenty twenty one. Was it C Lab? Yeah, it was C Lab. Yeah, yeah. C Lab yes, was, was good C-Lab. too. Yeah, yeah. C Lab was. Every episode was ended with their inevitable deaths. Yes, <laughs> some catastrophe. Uh, it was. It was like in Fallout. They have the vaults that always end through some catastrophe. Yes. It was like that, but a lab under the sea. All the <laughs> it was time. so good. What was the? There was another show that came out more recently. It was called like. It was about a maximum security prison in space or something like that. What was no, that there called? was um, uh, Supermax. Super. No, super. It was super something. Super, I thought it was a super prison or something like that. Fuck. It had the MTV uh, animation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really good. I, I remember that one too. I thought it was just super prison or super jail or something like that. Yeah, man. Adult Swim did some really risky yeah, stuff back super then. Yeah, it was Yeah, they did some really risky stuff back then that I loved, love, 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 love. So it's, it was it's good got too. that reminiscent like Rick and Morty style art. Oh, dude. Like this stuff absolutely inspired Rick and Morty. Um, Oh, man, speaking of Aqua Teen Hunger have you Force, been watching so Rick and Morty? No, I know I need to get back on the Rick and Morty train. Yeah, yeah. I'm just still thinking of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, Hello, it's me, Ook. <laughs> <laughs> so I find your computer in past. <laughs> Remember that one? The he oh was like a God. caveman. Yeah, he, he finds their time traveling computer and he educates himself. <laughs> so he's like. I spend first three weeks beating computer against a rock and trying to eat as an egg. <laughs> like, 
So good, man. So oh, good. Anyway, God. we'll move on now. Uh, enough of a tangent there. So anyway, what I've been playing is Orna again. And uh, actually, again, no. I've always, I'm always playing it. And uh, no. so I'm tier eight now, tier eight out of 10. So high ranking player. And I've uh, I've been invited to join a, an actual uh, good kingdom because the kingdom I was running was... was uh, a little, little bit less than a shit show. So <laughs> I, I apologize. I, I, I've I, renamed it to Prestige Worldwide, and I've turned it over to my B, my B player, uh, okay. which is um, uh, I've named him. Uh, it's a mage, Left Nut of Sauron. So, nice, like Hand of Sauron, Eye of Sauron, sense. Left Nut of Sauron. So anyway, yeah. he's a mage. He'll be I magic. Mean, it's not the right nut, but you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just the left nut. It's not that important. And uh, yeah, so that's what's going on with Orna right now. So yeah, I'm very excited to be a part of this this actual good ranked kingdom. They're like top fifty in the world. Yeah, and uh, hoping what's, I can what's their uh, contribute. Pl- give them a plug. What's their name? So it is uh, Ragnarok. So I've had to change oh, to the okay. fire class, the fire people, okay. and uh, which which actually didn't hurt my because uh, I'm, I'm I'm a thunder user, so lightning yeah. user. So I got like Thor's hammer and all my gear is like yeah. uh, lightning resistant, and it didn't seem to. Have any effect on me changing over? So no fox. Still, still dealing some uh, some hurting bombs on people. Yeah. So yeah, pretty excited about those. So as of tomorrow, I'll be able to start doing uh, raids with them and uh, kingdom wars with them. So cool. I'm looking forward to contributing because I am slamming some dudes in that game. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Anyway, so thanks for inviting me in. Uh, I'll shout out Zavith and Gibbs. So actually, I don't know if Gibbs is in there or not. Zavith is another big Windsor player. He's yeah, say, isn't Gibbs still in Texan or no? Uh, no, no, he left a while ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of drama in the Orna universe. I guess. I guess. Wow. Yeah. So, but he's still a beast. Like, dude, I can still barely like. I would, it would take me like five rounds to take him down one time. Yeah. So he's he's way out ahead. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. Good nice. stuff. Good stuff. So anyway, yeah, that's that's what I've been playing and watching. Oh, uh, I'm pretty far into Final Fantasy 15 now, so I did pick that up recently. Nice. Actually, I was going to th- actually, you know, what? I was thinking about picking. I've that played up it on, through uh... to Chapter 13. Boy, it gets bad. It gets really bad. Like that game starts off so fucking good, and then there's a definitive point at which it turns, and the openness of the game just completely closes up. And then they create a loophole in the game to allow you to travel back in time to complete quests that you didn't get to complete before, but the world exists as it did in that time, and then you have to time jump again to the future, and just none of it makes any fucking sense. And oh, wow. even for a Final Fantasy game, and it's really taken away from the fun. So at this point, I think I'm like two chapters away from completing it. I'm just plugging through. And and they're doing weird things with, with the main cast that I'm just... Why are you doing this? They're taking all the fun out of it. They're like, they set up so many cool things in the game only to like destroy them and take them away from you, including the fucking car you drive. Really? So it's like, okay, so I'm at a point in the game now where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just on the rails for the rest of this. Like, it's yeah. it's just so lame. So anyway, it seems like... Well, I was going to get it for the first. <laughs> the first 50% of it is fun. I would just recommend, don't just don't ever go past like chapter like eight. There's yeah. no point. The yeah. game will suck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I do like the representation in the game of the summons. So there's like an actual story to them, and they, they're actually gods in this world, and they, they play an active role in the game. Um, like Leviathan actually starts off as like an enemy, and then joins your joins your team after you defeat him. Uh, when you once you go into god mode, but yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. cool. There's some cool moments. Just don't go past like chapter eight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, so what's up? Uh, what's up with you? Hmm. You know, I had a whole mind full of stuff I was going to talk about, and mm. I totally forgot. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Red Dead. Been playing a lot of that. Yep. On uh, PC, obviously. Yep. yep. A lot of Red Dead Online. Um, actually, kind of a funny story. And uh, in the excessively unlikely event that the people are actually listening to this. Yeah. Uh, kind of apologize, I guess. Kind of not really. It's a story about your posse. I really don't apologize. No. <laughs> uh, so what ended up happening was I was walking through town. 
this is actually karmic justice, I think, at its best. Walking through town, um, just kind of out of my own business, and somebody shoots me in the face. <laughs> Such a classic Red Dead story. Yeah, um, and I was like, okay, a um, little uncalled for, but whatever, you know, people are having fun, cool. Yeah. And uh, so they, they all kind of go off and do their own thing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Not a big deal. I end up riding off out of town after they kill me a couple times. And I go back to my camp. And I'm kind of situating to go uh, get some more hunting done so I can go to a supply run. Uh, as I'm getting ready to do a supply run, uh, another vehicle shows up red on my map. And I'm like, oh, somebody's doing a long-range supply run. Okay. And uh, for those of you who don't know, there's two ways to do a supply run. There's local that gets you like a decent amount of cash. Mm-hmm. And then there's long range, which usually will give you but uh anywhere between like 40 to like 150 more okay. cash. Yeah. It's not a good really, chunk of change in that Not game. really worth it though cuz the no? risk cause what happens is when you do a long range one, you open up to other players to attack you. Uh so you start burning through resources. Well, uh you put your shipment at risk. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then you, you could play for a while and then lose everything. Yeah. So what ends up happening is this this group I see kind of moving up on their with their uh, wagon. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, part of the game was if you're going to go and do the long range run, you don't really have to worry about uh, NPCs. You have to worry about the players. So if I don't actually attack them, I'm actually detracting from their game experience. Yeah. So I look at them. I realize, hey, this is the posse that killed me for no fucking reason. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, fuck these guys in particular. And I just throw a stick of dynamite, get it stuck in the back of their fucking uh, wagon. Oh, that which, is so cool. Which, I'm going to be honest with you, total fluke. Oh, my <laughs> God. It blows up the entire fucking wagon. <laughs> Oh, man, um, so I'm not awesome. sure how much that detracts from how much they would have gotten, yeah. but I imagine it's a substantial <laughs> fucking amount. That's amazing. And then I made their life hell and fought them all the way until they got to their hand in. That's amazing. Um, and I didn't get anything out of it aside from the pure satisfaction of <laughs> saying, Fuck I can just see you. you laughing maniacally and like chasing them down and hiding in the time. trees. It was a good time. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Uh, outside of that, actually, I was playing a little bit more Shogun. Not Shogun. <laughs> uh, Three Kingdoms Total War, speaking of China. Yeah. Uh, having a lot of fun with that, actually. Cool. Uh, playing it with a uh, friend of mine that I've been role playing with on yeah. one of the Play by Post servers. So one of the which, which, uh, which faction are you? Uh, actually, I was playing as. Uh, Leo Bay, uh, okay, and my friends playing as Sao Sao. So, nice, uh, nice. good times. Uh, you could do like a Dynasty Warriors tie in, then that's essentially what it is, <laughs> right? Because I've uh, we've got uh, all of like the, the main title characters, yeah. right? That's what's uh, so cool about Romance of the Three Kingdoms. The yeah. story is like all of those characters are all over like Dynasty well, Warriors. Well, my, and... my, my three. Character lineup for my main army is Liu Bei, Zhang Fei, and Wan Yu. Oh, that's so cool! Like yeah. the three main, yeah, like the, the three the, main, the, the brothers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so uh, when I get in there, you know, like Wan Yu is my guy who goes in. He'll like duel people, and right? Zhang Fei will like he's a vanguard, so he'll go in there and trash the enemy's uh, right army. And Liu Bei's commanding, so I kind of have him 
kind of play like strategically. But sure. uh, you know who I just got a side quest to start getting? Who? Zuge Leon. No kidding. Yeah. That's cool. The strategist. So. Oh, man. I'm psyched yeah. to get him. <laughs> That's great that all the characters. Are like, oh, they're all in there. Because they're, 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 they're from there. the original story of uh, the three, three Kingdoms. So it makes sense. Dong Zuo just died. In okay. Our, in our game. Okay. So when that happens, actually, cinematic plays. That's cool. About like the end of an era kind of thing. That's really cool. Uh, Yellow turbans. We've put down the majority of them. Yeah. Too. For uh, anyone who doesn't know, this this story has been retold in games like thousands, many, and thousands many, of times. Many, many, many. I mean, many think times. about Dynasty Warriors, Romance series. Uh, What's the Romance two, series even on now? Like eleven? Twelve? <laughs> more than that. More than that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's at like fourteen or fifteen. It's almost like. Madden, where they just keep having them, and <laughs> I don't know what is <laughs> it's like. The, what is the, the new season of Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, man, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's yeah. a new. It's a new season of ancient Chinese kingdoms battling each other, trying to wipe each other out. Uh, I'm seeing fourteen. Uh, so definitely at least fourteen. Wow, that's incredible, man. That series has been around forever. Let's see. What's the latest? I actually got to read the book. Good spinoffs too. Nobunaga's Ambition. That was a good um, one. Okay, uh, September. 12th, 2019, a video is released for 15. Ah, so there is a 15 in the works. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. um, Is that Sega? Who's doing that? uh, Koei Tecmo. Koei Tecmo. Nice. Um, Let's see here. According to Steam, 15 is out Hmm. on the 16th of January. Wow, day after my birthday. Wild. Nice. I'm going to probably get that. Hell yeah, man. Cool. So you got some uh, Three Kingdoms going? I like the romance games. They're a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of management, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, one of those games where if you if you learn the systems inside and out, you can really have a good time with you it. You can. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually uh, I actually started playing the game at 7. Yeah. On the PS2. Right. And uh, I love that game. 8 would, was maybe the first one I ever tried. I would go back to play 7. Today. Yeah. Like today, if someone was like, hey, you want to play Romance 7? Yep. Mm. Down to play 100%. Cool. Um, what else though? Uh, I've been playing something else too. Shit. Oh, I've been watching Rebels. Yep. Uh, going through that again. Disney Plus. Yep. I'm on uh, season four actually. I start tonight. Sweet. So I'll be watching some of that. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll probably kick it off tonight. Uh, the Clone Wars with with the list you gave us. Yes, watch so, the list. Yeah, just yeah. just the list. Yeah. Don't bother with anything else. So I'll report back on that next time. Um, and then uh, yeah, next week I'd really like to do like the official uh, game of the year watch. Yeah. Oh, I've been playing more Stardew Valley. I think I mentioned that before. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that. Um, wow. You know, there's a couple... Of, I'm, I'm going to be jumping back into Battle Brothers soon. Okay. Because I want to play more of that. Sweet. Um, shit. You know, there's another game that I've I've been playing. I just don't remember what the hell it was at this moment. Yeah. And I'm just like... It's the best of the bunch. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's just something I've been enjoying. Cool. So, oh, well, um, <laughs> yeah, next week, is Adam back? He's back Monday, presumably. I think he's back Monday. Yeah, back with a tan, a sick, sick tan. He's not going to be tanned. Oh, no. He'll be I don't think so. He might be tanned. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he'll be burned. Burned well, and broke. Well, I don't know that, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sweet. But. So, uh, Adam will be back for next week. Uh, got a little bit of an announcement coming uh, regarding our cover art. So you guys will be pretty excited oh, about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's been in the works for a long, long time, but our artist is back, back in the game. 
working on uh, working on some new art that that includes Adam. So I'll be excited to kind of roll that out. We should make a little event of it uh, for the. This is specifically for the podcast cover, now for the social media art that we use. Uh, that comes from IP Lobato. So uh, this is from artist Mad Dog Nathan on Twitter. So make sure to check him out. But yeah, we'll we'll have the new art rolling out uh, pretty soon here. I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. So yeah, can't wait to show you guys the final product. And uh, and yeah, that's basically it for me for this episode. So yeah. yep. Sound good? All right. Well, we, we will reconvene. We so will. all of the Ronin Geeks together uh, for episode 71 for next week. And uh, it's going to be heavily related to Game of the Year Watch, potentially uh, Movie of the Year Watch. But obviously, it's it's still a week before for uh, uh, Star Wars. That comes out December 19th. So that'll be the following week. And then uh, and then the episode after that will be probably the final episode of the year. And it will be all about uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, likely the end of The Mandalorian. And then, uh, yeah, just a very heavy Star Wars episode to tie up the year. So that's, oh, the, that's the rest of it. That's going to be a fun episode. Hell yes, it will. Because even if they suck, it's going to be fun it's gonna to be talk about. It's going to be more fun if it sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I am. Dude, come on. It, this is what see. we do. We take the thing and just shred it. So you know it'll be more fun if that movie blows. I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be fun either way. Yeah, yeah. It'll be. It'll be. I just can't wait to see where Baby Yoda pops up. <laughs> are we? Um. Are we doing a episode? Are we doing the episode that night? No, right. We're doing it. Uh. Just, what comes just, no, we can't really do it that night because it'll end late. And so then we'll just, uh, are we just gonna do it on the on the usual time? Let's do it on the Monday, yeah. dude. There's gonna be 10 million words said, written, recorded, everything about this. So we'll just, we'll be trying, in the mix. Yeah. Uh. But I'll be particularly interested in the connection that that ultimately I can't see a connection not happening between the Mandalorian and the movie. So I can. Yeah. See I'll, be, I'll be very interested but... happening. So it'll be it'll be cool. All right. So that's it for episode 71. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Yes. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you.